please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning at verse 6. It can be found on page 168 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, we hear of how the Holy Spirit dwells within all Christians. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. The second reading is taken from John chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. In this reading we hear of two sisters, Martha and Mary, and their encounter with Jesus who raises their dead brother Lazarus back to life. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus, of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God the one coming into the world. 
When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray together? So Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity. In you we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the story of three siblings, two sisters, and one brother. One sister, she's busy and active. She's always fussing and anxious, desperate to do her best, irrespective of the circumstances. She's called Martha. She wears her heart on her sleeve. But there's also another sister. She's quieter and contemplative. She's meek and thankful. Her name is Mary, not Magdalene, who wears her heart through her tears. Their brother we know less of. He is called Lazarus. All we know in today's story is that he's become ill and subsequently died. 
It will be the story of all of our lives, but this is not the end of Lazarus's story. This is the story of three siblings and their encounter that momentous day with Jesus. All three we can see from the text, if you're following it with me, clearly knew Jesus very well. They are very good friends. We read that when Lazarus did become ill, the sisters sent for Jesus immediately. And they describe Lazarus, don't they, as someone who Jesus loved. And then shortly afterwards, the gospel writer Johnny just emphasizes that even more, doesn't he, when he says, and Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Yet despite the sisters' pleas, we read Jesus delays his departure. He doesn't come immediately. He waits on purpose until Lazarus is dead. But this is not the end of Lazarus' story. When Jesus does show up, news reaches Martha that he's nearby, and so she comes out, doesn't she, to, to meet him. She greets Jesus with these words, Lord, if, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, what she's saying is, Lord, if you'd been here in time, my brother would not have died. Remember that greeting. You see, Martha is the type of person who needs to tell Jesus what she really thinks of him. She has to hurry out and tell Jesus the problem, to ask why he didn't come sooner and why he allowed this awful thing to happen. You see, Martha knew where Jesus was staying. She was one of his best friends. She knew how long it would have taken for Jesus to have got from where he was to Bethany. Why did he delay while her brother, who Jesus loved, was dying. She goes on, doesn't she? But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. You know, is Martha really believing that this is not the end of her brother Lazarus' story? Maybe not from the words that follow. Your brother will arise, Jesus says cryptic at best, isn't it? Thinking Jesus is referring to the end of time, Martha then responds with this perhaps widespread belief at the time, but not universal. Think of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, of this belief that among the Jews, that of the resurrection of the dead at the end of time. But if you like, what does Jesus do? He pulls the conversation back from the future into the here and present. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Let's think about those words for the moment. For the moment. We might often hear them at a funeral and not take them in as to what Jesus is really saying here. You know, he's not just declaring out for all to hear that he's someone who can bring dead people back to life as he does ultimately for Lazarus. He's claiming that a relationship with him is what it means to be truly alive, that if we're joined with him, not even death can kill us. 
and that if we're not with him, our bodies may well be alive, but Jesus is saying, we're dead. He's the great creator God who became man. The one who gave us life to start with and by his death and resurrection will give us everlasting life from now beyond the grave. And so what Jesus is doing as Martha comes and she blurts out, if you like, is he's coming and bringing what we might call the ministry of truth. The truth of who he is as God. Not one way to God, but the only way. Not one of many gods, but God himself. And he says, do you believe? Do you believe this? Martha. Do you believe and trust in me that the only person who can grant eternal life and promise that transformation of resurrection is me? You know, maybe some of us this morning, we can maybe find ourselves in Martha's shoes or we can relate to Martha. We might have those questions of Jesus that she had or similar. Ask them of him. And then as Jesus does with Martha, then be prepared for for how Jesus might come to you in the ministry of truth and the way that only he knows best with the hope of God's future bursting into the present, into that mess, into that grief, into that pain with hope and new possibilities. And as Jesus says to Martha, the key to it all is the faith to believe in him. For Jesus is bringing God's new world to birth, but it doesn't happen automatically. The key is the faith to believe in him. Or maybe we might have different questions as we look at this passage about the very resurrection itself. You know, I read recently that only 57% of of, of active Christians, by that I mean those that would go to church regularly rather than just tick a box, believe in the biblical accounts of the resurrection. Well, you know, maybe you might be going away for Easter and you might not be there on Easter Sunday or otherwise for all of us, maybe take this time to immerse ourselves in these resurrection accounts that you find in these Gospels. And how the truth of God, Jesus' resurrection, changes everything. And how, without it, we might as well go and join all those runners that have been, that some of you have passed this morning, that started in St. Juan and are going over to the hospice. Because Jesus would just say, our faith is futile without it. You know, take Christmas away, and in biblical terms, we lose a couple of chapters from the front of Matthew and the front of Luke's gospel. Take Easter away, and you don't have a New Testament. You don't have a Christianity as the message translation of 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 puts it. And face it, if there's no resurrection, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors and everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. Know what you believe and know why you believe it and it will set you free because as Jesus said, that's what the truth does and as with Martha the key to all of it 
It's the faith to believe him. This is the story, though, not just of one sister, but also a second, Mary. While Martha comes out to greet Jesus, Mary stays at home. In fact, if you were listening to how Julie read that passage, what we find is it's only when Martha returns home and she whispers to her sister Mary and she says, Jesus has been asking for you, that she comes immediately and sets off to meet him. And notice the different reactions upon seeing Jesus while Martha blurts out, Mary bows down and breaks down. And then she says those same words, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. The same words in the same situation spoken by two sisters, yet barely could the same words spoken by the two same sisters have a different meaning and spark this different response from Jesus. To those same words. Whereas Jesus responds with rhetoric to Martha, bringing the ministry of truth of hope to that despairing doubt. With Mary, he's left almost speechless. Greatly disturbed and deeply moved, and Jesus began to weep, does not accurately reflect what the Greek text is actually saying there. What he's actually saying is that Jesus bursts into tears. He's deeply angry and raging. Not with Mary, but the ministry, but with the misery inflicted by the result of sin in this fallen world and the wreckage that it causes and the sorrow that it creates. And also perhaps at the own thought of his death to come. And maybe some of us this morning can find ourselves relating to Mary. Maybe in Recent months, weeks, days, you've lost someone you loved. Or you find yourself now facing a deep pain. And Jesus never promised any of us an easy life, but what he does do is he promises to meet us. Not as he did with Martha with the ministry of truth, but with Mary, with the ministry of of tears for this is God in all human form in his humanity and how God will, will come in that situation if you ask him only he will know best but he'll bring not his tears for Mary but his tears for you as he comes into that mess and that pain and brings God's future into the present, bringing new hope and new possibilities because he's gone through death and defeated it. And as with Martha, as with Mary, the key to it all is the faith to believe. But this is the story of not just two sisters, but of three siblings. There's also a brother, Lazarus, who's dead. But this is not the end of Lazarus' story. Where have you laid him? Jesus inquires. Come and see is the reply. So the one who said to his first followers, come and see, now invites each one of us to come and see as Jesus goes and sees where Lazarus has been buried. You know, I'm not sure I'd have wanted to have been in getting anywhere near Jesus in that situation. 
You know, those reddened eyes, those raging spirit within him, still evident for all to see. Take away the stone. Take away the stone. That's right. You know, we'll wait for another time. What Martha's response was and Jesus' response to her because the stone is taken away. And then did you notice how Jesus prayed? You know, if we'd have been in that situation, we might have prayed something about raising someone back to life. But there's just an intimacy to his prayer, isn't there? There's just a thankfulness to his prayer. There's nothing about what might happen to Lazarus, but rather that the sign that those watching would have the faith to believe that he's been sent by God. And then he he cries out, Lazarus, come out. And at that moment, if you'd have been watching, everyone would have watched and waited, literally as if time had stood still in that very moment. And your eyes is only transfixed on one thing, a darkened tomb. And would air turn to the breath of life? And immediately what happens is this bound, previously dead man appears, hopping, and shuffling around, stumbling literally in the dark because his grave clothes are all around him. Unbind him and let him go, for this is not the end of Lazarus' story. And some of us here this morning aren't so much Lazarus, but were those people who were watching, charged and entrusted with the ministry of the tomb to be people of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, of course, as we heard in that message from, passage from Romans, with the same Holy Spirit's power that raised Jesus from the dead, living in us, to pray who'll go to those tombs, to pray and help those who, to have their stone of death removed, to come to faith in Jesus. Or we'll be called to, to go to those people, believers who find themselves still bound in some ways by those grave clothes of sin and death that causes so much hurt to be freed up. Or we may even find ourselves this morning that we are one of those people who's got that odd strip of grave cloth that's just holding us back. You see, this is the story of three siblings, two sisters and one brother, and how they realise through their own encounters with Jesus that death is not the end of the story. Of course, Martha died, Mary died, Lazarus died again, but it wasn't the end of their stories because one man, Jesus Christ, defeated death and walked out of the tomb unaided. On this occasion, if you go and read those gospel resurrection accounts, you'll find that Jesus needed no help for those grave clothes to be removed. They were just left neatly and tidily, wrapped up and rolled up where they'd laid Jesus' body because this is the reminder that for every believer in Jesus, death is not the end of the story. And as with Mary, as with Martha, as with Lazarus, so the key is the faith to believe in him, to live the resurrection life he promised now, not at the end of our story, But here and now, 
in the present. Shall we pray together? Let's just take a moment to just think. Lord, where might I be this morning like Martha? So many questions. So many anxieties. And may what Jesus want to come and meet us with the ministry of truth. Of who he is. And he just calls you to have faith. To believe. To ask those same questions of him. But to let him come into your situation. Or where might you this morning be like Mary? In the pain. In the tears that Jesus wants to now bring. That ministry of tears to you. And would you allow him to meet you there? And where might Jesus be saying to us this morning to be ministers of the tomb? To go and help those people we know and love to find Jesus. Or to help others. Or maybe even to realize maybe when there's an opportunity for prayer during communion that you might have that odd grave cloth, cloth that's holding you back. Lord, your love for us is eternal. You have called us by name. And we remember how you will do everything that you have promised. So would you complete the work in us that you have begun? In Jesus' name. Amen.